Okay, Harris, I'm going to talk now. Harris, All right. Okay, I'm going to talk. Welcome to the show. As you can tell, the music behind us, the theme from The Natural, it's time to do a baseball-themed show with baseball season upon us. Our top five baseball songs of all time we counted down today. Harrison really wanted to hear this song. Todd felt like this song had healing powers for him. So I'll, yes. just, I'll, I'll let it play until you guys want to start talking, basically. I am pulling from the inspiration of Roy Hobbs right now, actually. Oh, Roy Hobbs, who is bleeding. I, I felt like when he hits his triumphant home run, he's bleeding out of his sutures. And he, and he smashes through the lights, for those who haven't seen The Natural. If you haven't seen thanks, it, do yourself a time. favor. Oh, no, no, if you haven't seen it, why would you? <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you probably aren't going to listen to this show, because you're not a baseball fan, am I right? All right, Oh, I don't think that's a fair analysis, Todd. Come on back, listeners. Todd, don't I'm scare them kidding. away. We want everyone. Yeah. It's a big tent here. Yeah, big, we, we, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the perfect audience for this show, music fans and baseball fans. But if you like one or the other, hopefully you like Twisted Lister. As always, joined by Todd and Harrison. We count things down because that's what we like to do and argue over them, and we hope that you enjoy it too. You can always email us, twistedlister69 at gmail.com. 69, dudes! As you can tell, I have a new little toy with sound effects. I'm so excited. Uh, so we, we've got that going on. You can always find the show. However you found the show, you can find it other ways too. iTunes, Stitcher, Swell, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. We're everywhere uh, that you need to be, which is really cool for wow. you. Yeah, so counting down the top baseball songs of all time, our top five. And then we'll get into, of course, news of the week. Todd took a nice trip down to South by Southwest. He wasn't vomited on, which is good. Lady Gaga That's was. True. And uh, he still came back sick. Who knows what happened? And if I wanted to be vomited on, I probably wouldn't have had to pay anyone to do it. So that's a plus. <laughs> well, we don't know if she paid that person. We don't know if she paid. I, I read it was part of her. That was part of her act. So that person was paid. I don't know. Yeah, but do, and Harrison, chime in here. Does the, does the performance artist gain a great deal of, of income from that kind of? Uh... Well, I mean, I mean, if you, well, I mean, who's who's gaining here? But uh, I'm sure, yeah. If you, I mean, vomit's pretty cheap on the, uh, on the market. <laughs> Harrison would know better than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Harrison's into some weird shit. All right. Anyway, uh, we <laughs> here we go. So we're gonna count them down. We'll get into the news, and uh, and we want to, you know, thank all of our loyal listeners. Got some great emails from, of course, Bill, which was which was great, and some great feedback there, and some of the last shows so you can always email us twistedlister69 at gmail.com you can write your comments on itunes you can you know how to and you can find us because you probably know us if you're you're listening so yeah uh and 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 for those uh who are younger than 40 you can find us on twitter so uh (laughs) anyway let's 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 get into it top five countdown we'll do our regular thing harrison starts it off todd goes next and then I'll back clean up. So uh, let's uh, let. I mean, not really, because I'm really in the third well, spot. In a three-person rotation, you'll be clean power. up, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm really in the, in the power hitter spot. I was gonna say, I'm the. I, I don't know. Do I, I want to be Big Poppy or not in this situation? But I guess that's fine. <laughs> oh, uh, as a Sox fan, you have to. Like I know, them, right? I know, and I have a very, I have a very Red Sox centric list here. Uh, not to give too much away, but let's. That's interesting. You know, let's good, get. Good let, little yeah, let's. Harrison, are you ready to hit, kick things off here with your? I'm list? ready. I'm ready. I'm ready here. Right. So you know, it's Celebration of the beginning of baseball season. Here we go. Top five baseball songs. I started with number five, All the Way, Eddie Vedder, about the lovelorn Chicago Cubs and their inability to ever quite get over the hump. Um, 
yeah, it's a great song. You know, good folksy song. You know, very appropriate, I think, for Chicago. I I, I like it a lot. Uh, song, did we make anybody else's list? That's on my list. It's a okay. great it's a great yep. song. And we should It is a great yeah, song. That that song is is a legitimately it's a great song and it tells the story of anybody who has visited Wrigley Field. It really does such a good job of doing that. And uh yeah, that song is a is a really good song. Here And a lot of people may not have heard it, because it was never released officially, was it? No, no, it's just, just live, I think. Yeah. Here it is. And if we should lose, we know someday we'll go all the way. Yeah, someday we'll go all the way. We are one with the Cubs, with the Cubs we're in love. Hmm. Yeah, hold our head high as the young. There's a verse that's just yeah. awesome that's coming up here. There's a line. That's it. Not fair weather, but foul weather. The foul weather. <laughs> That's a great one. That's a great one. Magic in the alley and the old scoreboard. The same when I stared at as a kid keeping score. So I guess for me, the, the reason why I like this song a lot is because it kind of, it, and you'll find this through all the, the baseball songs. They're all, all baseball songs are like hopeful songs, right? You know, like yes, sunny, days are, sunny days are ahead. I think that's the, the constant theme you find in, 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 in these songs. So in that theory, I, um, on my next book, I went with Cheap Seats by Alabama. If you're not ah, I put it on the playlist. This I I I, 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 lear- I learned of this song in the process of research, and I thought it was just a really fun. You know, it's about going to a minor league baseball game in the South and just uh, hanging out with friends and drinking beer. You know, not even knowing the pitcher's name, but you know, knowing he's a good you know good kid, uh, and just having a fun time at the ballpark, which is still what it's like even going to Orioles games to, you know to this day. So. Um, That's right, hon. Come on. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Cheap Seats, so give me a no. second to hear this. Sure. How much Alabama do we allow on the show is the question. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought we'd have Alabama on the show. Wow. Interesting. I heard enough Alabama. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's a fun song. It's a fun song. Harrison, I'm actually, I side with you on this one. I, I discovered it, too, in my research. And I, and it's a fun song. Like, I'm not a big country fan. I'm a big Alabama fan. But, can Darius, you know, some, yeah, yeah. Well, if Darius Rucker could cover this, then it'd be fun. I mean, come on. Well, that's true, yeah. Oh, actually, Darius Rucker could do a really good cover. Yeah, well, he could. He loves yeah. sports songs. <laughs> We'll get back to that later. Okay. Baseball is is very well. Uh, songs about baseball are very well suited for country music. I know. agree. I agree. It's a folksy uh, kind of sport. You know, so yeah, all American, folks, country, and folk music, which I'll get into in my list a little. Yeah, but it did make my list. But again, another another you know classic one is Kenny Rogers' "The Greatest," was another country yeah, baseball song. I did, I'd never um, heard that one before this last week of research, and it's a fun song, another good country song. But uh, sticking with country, n- number three for me as an Orioles fan has to be "Country Boy." Uh, yeah, by John Denver. That makes my list. Has been played at uh, the seventh inning stretch at every Orioles home game since 1975. Oh, so, is it that long? I thought it was since 80, 83, I thought. 
No, yeah, so, I mean, the big, so there's, yeah, uh, the, the big story is John Denver got up and danced on the dugout during uh, game one of the 1983 World Series. To, he danced to Country Boy during the seventh inning stretch. So that's how it became kind of tied oh, in. Oh, that's, the, okay. uh, But it's been played series. since 75? Since 75, Didn't yeah. Didn't know that. All right. Yeah. Fun facts for Orioles fans and non-Orioles fans alike. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's great. And, pick. uh. It's a great pick. I thought you might pick that one. But I also I also was uh, not sure about how we define a baseball song exactly. Again, so. as we always do with this, it's it's however the the lister wants to define it. Yeah, the lister defines it. I stuck with more baseball right. related rather than songs related. Related. Yeah, well, Todd, you always take a very academic approach to every list. That's not, the, yeah. But I took a more literal approach, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it did. You're right. For me for me, I mean this song I mean I this song is just completely linked to baseball for me. I only hear it at baseball right. games, like I have you a, know, it's a yeah, I have and a few on my list that are like that. Exactly. As much yeah. of a Nats fan as I am, I did not put "Aha" on my list because <laughs> it just hasn't. I don't actually think that should be their seventh inning stretch song, but that's because their origin story is not good enough. They need to wait till they develop some better origin story. So, anyway, go ahead. Nice. Take on right. me, by the way, is the song for those who haven't been to a Nationals game. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, go that's ahead. that's a questionable seventh inning experience. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, um, I uh, I'll let Todd talk about this one later. But uh, Glory Days. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, of course, that's uh, on my list as well. Oh uh, yeah, good one. A couple it of is, overlaps so far. Yeah, that's uh yeah Glory Days, Bruce Springsteen, another great baseball song. You know, it just starts off and then. Going in number one, I hope this made you guys list two. I think with a bullet, center field, John Fogarty. Yep. Quintessential. Yeah. I, I thought we might have a consensus song. on this. Yeah, I let's let's just get this done with ten minutes in. <laughs> I mean, this is yeah, this is obviously the quintessential baseball song. We have to hear the clapping. Oh, yeah. Yes. And the riff. Yep. Oh yeah. Damn good song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If right. that doesn't make you want to be at the ballpark, you, know, you're, yeah. you may not be American. I don't <laughs> Just know. Like, fresh, all... fresh grass. And... Todd is being very, very vicious today. First, very, he says, he says it, if you don't like John Fogarty, you're un-American. I'm gonna, that's how I'm going to translate that. No, I didn't that. say if you don't I'm like gonna... John Fogarty. Come on. That's, <laughs> and that's, then, that's, that's and more then Todd also said, if you're not a baseball fan, stop listening to the show right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's my, the, you know, whatever this cold I got, it's causing me. <laughs> It's, it, oh, there's a little more uh, aggressiness. It's, it's all right. We needed that, Ty. We needed that yeah, out of maybe. you. It's all good. Uh, so, yeah, so, just, you know, I mean, what's what's to say about the song? You know, it, it fills that role that, that it's, you know, it's all about baseball. You feel like you're at the ballpark listening to it. It's got that hopeful feeling. It's about every, the everyman and, you know, wanting to play and, you know, just perfect. Right. What kid who ha- who has played Little League can't relate to that song? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Hey, Harrison, recap your top five for me, man. Top five, sorry. Uh, number five, All the Way. Number four, Alabama, Cheap Seats. Number three is Country Boy. Two, Glory Days, and one, Center Field. All right, cool. Todd, you're up, man. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to go here. Okay. All right, my first one is actually, it might be a little out of left field, pun intended. Hey. But, um, <laughs> someone had to go there. Um, my first one, I actually discovered a probably the greatest baseball concept album that I've ever heard. Concept. There probably aren't that many, but in th- but Scott actually introduced me to this guy, so it's kind of appropriate. But a great folk, folk singer named Dan Byrne, um, and Dan Byrne started kind of up, started up in the late '90s, and Scott and I saw him back, I think around '02 at, at IOTA. 
in, in Virginia. But anyway, um, he did a, a baseball concept album a couple years ago called Double Header, which I highly recommend to anyone who hasn't heard it. I had never heard it until the last couple weeks. But anyway, there's a song on there called Opening Day. There's a lot of great songs, but this song Opening Day, which Harrison touched on this appropriately, but the, the idea of optimism and hope, which every team feels in, you know, when spring training rolls around every year. And that, that's what this song, I think, perfectly captures. It's all about how everyone is undefeated and anyone could be MVP. Um, so I think it's – and Dan Byrne, uh, as I say, he's kind of a folky singer, and he got compared to Bob Dylan a lot when he started out. Dan Byrne like David singers, Byrne? So. Uh, well, it's B-E-R-N. So, B-E-R-N, yeah, Dan okay. Byrne. Yeah, anybody um, who ha- – yeah, you should definitely check out Dan Byrne's stuff. Uh, it's great. You know, beyond the baseball thing, I'm glad we're, yeah. we're you know, we're, we're less than 10 episodes in. I'm glad Dan Byrne gets a mention on the show. Yeah. Uh, there's some so some great stuff. He, he wrote a, a song called – I believe it's called President, which is one of my favorite songs about being – if he ever became president, it's awesome. Uh, yeah. And I am familiar with the, the album that you're talking about, Todd. Yeah, Dan, anybody who likes uh, folky stuff, check out – Dan, Dan Byrne, definitely. Yeah, good but, call, yeah that Don. album Doubleheader is great. Yeah. He has a whole ode to Vin Scully that I just loved. I'm not a Dodgers fan, but it makes you feel – that's the beauty of actually of a great baseball song, especially one like uh, that's about a team, a particular team, is it makes you kind of want to be a fan of that team, even if you're not, which we'll get to in a minute. Actually. Yeah, here's a little but, bit of the Vin Scully tune. Oh, yeah. voice of Vin Scully. That's a beautiful thing. In this poor no place this job for too many months. It's time. All right, check out Dan oh. Burn. Doubleheader is the album. All right, I appreciate appreciate putting that in there. But so number four, sticking actually with the folk baseball theme, another song, but by an artist that everyone knows, Bob Dylan, is uh, the song Catfish, which is another one that was kind of a lost gem. I I discovered recently. It was released. I don't think it was released till the 90s, but he recorded it a lot earlier. It was on, like, one of the bootleg sessions. But it's a song, Catfish, and it's about the great catfish hunter. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard this one before, but, um, yeah, it's an ode to catfish hunter. And the, what I thought was cool about it is not only is it a song that it's Bob Dylan singing about catfish hunter, a great pitcher from the 70s, but that it, it seems to be one of the first songs, maybe the only song I've ever heard about the dawn of free agency. Um because he talks about Catfish taking a big deal to go to the Yankees from the A's and, you know, kind of uh, cleaning up his act, which re- totally reminded me of Jason Giambi for people of our generation. Um, mm-hmm. And he talks about Catfish getting, I think, a million-dollar deal, which at the time was probably one of the biggest deals for any pitcher uh, at the time. So anyway, I, that, it was a, it's a fun song. You know, if you're a Dylan fan at all, you probably know it. But if you're not, it's worth checking out. So that was my number four. And then moving on from there, I did have number three. I had All the Way Eddie Vedder. Um, as Harrison covered it pretty well, but it's a great anthem. As I, I said, it kind of makes you – I'm not a Cubs fan. I don't dislike the Cubs. I'm kind of neutral on the Cubs. But it makes you want to be a Cubs fan, and it makes you feel like you're at Wrigley Field. And if you've ever been there, which I've had the I've had the good fortune of going to Wrigley a couple times, you know, it's a great experience. And uh, Eddie captures that about as well as anyone. So that was number three. Number two, I do have Glory Days. So we, we have some overlaps, so I won't dwell on these too much. But Glory Days has pretty much everything you could want in a great song. It's got sports, drinking, women, nostalgia. I don't know what else you're looking for, but it's got everything. And, and it's also, if you're ever in doubt about what to do at a karaoke night, just put on Glory Days, and you'll get everyone singing along. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're worried about your own voice, everyone else will pitch in. 
but 30 years later after being released that song still gets I and think, we don't have we don't have people going no issues with the fact that he says speedball rather than fastball there's no <laughs> no it, I, I did because read some, that's, i read some people yeah, had issues that's a that, common but. issue i wonder if any listeners out there have that because that if if this does end up on the final list that's a legitimate issue there i know todd will defend springsteen in, in Not, forever look, until eternity but you know harrison what's your i don't i don't know i don't have an issue with it i'm gonna say i don't have an issue with it harrison i don't have an issue arti- with it well it's our it's artistic license and you, you know speedball has its own meeting so maybe <laughs> yeah sure okay that's yeah. <laughs> i didn't even think about that take but um yeah. no but i i mean yeah i agree the artistic license and you could even say lyrical license that maybe Fastball Bayou doesn't quite sound as good in the in the song, even though it makes maybe make more sense. That's, that's a good enough defense for me. That works. I'm not sure if that that's true, but that's that's a good enough defense. Yeah, that uh, works. And then and number one, of course, center field, John Fogarty. I can't uh, can't argue with that. Um, it should be played at every baseball game if it isn't already. Um, you know that song gets you going. And I read a couple of funny quotes when I was looking, just looking or researching the song a little bit. But some some current players. Um, like Johnny Damon said, he always thought that was his theme song that I thought. <laughs> and also Michael Kadire was talking about how great that song is and, and how, you know, he always was thinking that when he used to, I guess when he was playing in the minors and, you know, wanted the coach to put him in the game. He'd be like, that was the song that he'd be thinking of. That's, that's, I'm so, sure it's inspired many baseball players. Yeah, so. I think so. Uh, well, that's a good list. Plenty well, that's of, what I got. Plenty, it's a lot of, lot of overlap so far. Not as much overlap in my list. I'll say that right now. So I took a unique approach. I took more of the approach of, of songs that make me think of baseball uh, at the beginning of my list. And, and then, uh, yeah, and anyway, we'll go from there. But uh, my So recapping, Todd, let's recap Todd's top five real quick. Uh, so you had Vetter, you had center field. You had Glory Days, Dan Burns' Opening Day, and Bob Dylan's Catfish. Right. That's okay. Right. No particular right. order. All right. So we got a few good nominees here for the final list of the top five baseball songs. So now I'll, I'll go with mine. My number five is a song that when I hear the opening of this song, I always think of the 2004 World Series with the Red Sox and Jonathan Papelbon dancing around and doing his dance and shipping up to Boston, uh. dropping burpees. So again, it's songs that just make you think of baseball. And I can't not think of the, the World Series, the Red Sox World Series win, of course. Actually, my first three are Red Sox related, ironically. Uh, oh, okay. Wow, I knew you were gonna go Red Sox. Yeah. I didn't know that heavy though. Yeah, yeah, heavy on the Red Sox. I didn't. I didn't put any Sox songs in mind because I figured you'd cover that. And obviously, this song—it's a—it's a great sports song. Period. You'll hear it at various sporting events. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, that's my number five. Shipping up to Boston, Dropkick Murphys. Number four, staying with the Boston theme, is "Sweet Caroline" by Neil Diamond, of course. Of course. Played at Fenway. <laughs> number three. Is Wait, this, I have a question. Yeah, and I don't know the answer to this. Okay. Do you know, going back to the John Denver thing, do you know when they started playing "Sweet Caroline"? Uh, it's relatively, I believe, it's relatively, relatively recently. Uh, it, it was century, for, it was for Carol. It was for. Oh, the story is good. I don't want to misspeak. The story's okay. everywhere. So if I'm somebody, just curious. I don't no, it, it's. Oh yeah, it's recent. Um, it, no, I don't know if it's a century. Well, can we get? We should talk this. We should. I, and Todd, okay, you're we, calling. We no, now you're calling me out for not having done the research on that and i feel I'm, i wasn't trying to like, i was honestly just nah, curious. i feel I, I feel like there's a good story and i feel like we should have we should have discussed that in the um in the in the pre-production meeting so that we, we could have uh we could have figured out the reason but <laughs> there right, is, keep going keep going with your list all right if somebody can find if one of our producers can get that uh, information yeah. to us before the end of the show harrison <laughs> why don't you get on that uh and then my number th- my number 
three is a Ben Harper song. A Ben Harper song called Get ah. It Like You Like It. And he's got a verse in there by a guy who you actually just – or not by a guy, about a guy who you just mentioned. It's it's about Johnny Damon. It's about the Red Sox World Series. about ah. the curse of the Bambino. It goes a little something like this. It's a good song, cool. too. Get it like you like it, Ben Harper. I believe it's on the album called Both Sides of a Gun or something. I think that's what it is. Anyway, going back, it's it, it came out. Wait, obviously. so Johnny Damon sings on it? No, 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 no. Just, no, just the lyrics, oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It mentions Johnny Damon. Uh, number two, which I was shocked didn't make anyone else's list to this point, is The Baseball Project, which features Peter Buck. And now, actually, I read that Mike Mills is getting involved, but it's a side project called The Baseball Project, which features Peter Buck and a few other musicians. Peter Buck, of course, from R.E.M. And doing all baseball-related albums. And my favorite sure. song by them, they've got a new album coming out, actually, uh, this week. So it's co- it's coming out this week. It's called Third. But they, they've obviously done two albums before Third. And, and one song is called Pastime. And I, I like it. It's, here's how it goes. Oh wait, hang on. It's called the Baseball Project. It's called the Baseball Project. Yeah, yeah. It's right. called, the, I didn't know about it's this called the Baseball Project, and it features Peter Buck. and And actually, like I said, on this album, they actually got Mike Mills to work on so it. So half as well. of REM is on there. Yeah, yeah, but he Mike Mills wasn't involved before. But this is some yeah pastime. It's all baseball related. That's the baseball right. project. So there might be competition when yeah. I said best baseball concept album. Yeah, that's why. Well, it's funny, Todd. That's where I thought you were going. I, 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 actually, oh, really? I, yeah, I thought you were going, and yeah. I was shaking my head, and I was saying, oh, I, he's going to go with baseball project. But, uh, yeah, yeah. It, that stuff, it's really good, and it's so creative. And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just really good good stuff that they've done. Uh, I got that. an answer to the question, the Sweet Caroline Okay, question. go. Uh, let's. Let, if, 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 or you want me to wait? I'll let wait. me let me go with my number one. Okay. Not even a drum, drum roll, roll necessary. It's center field by John Fogarty. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Okay, Todd. Yeah, give us so, the uh, give us According to Wikipedia, uh, Sweet Caroline has been played um, at every game since ni- around 1997, it looks like. Since yeah. at least 1997. In every game during the middle of the eighth inning. Oh, sorry. Every game in the middle of the eighth inning since 2002. But they've been playing the song since '97. But, but you didn't get. But the, the history, the history is the 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 PA, the the person in charge of music at Fenway. His, his daughter was Caroline. I mean, I, there's several different accounts, and then there's also the Caroline. There's also discussion about the Caroline Kennedy relationship. Was it about something. her? Is that the story? I, yeah. I, I don't know. There's just all. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff there. Uh, I, 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 we could probably do a whole show on that. I didn't. I'm not going to sit here and try to speculate because we didn't research it. But I'm sure that Grantland could write 15 pages about it. So we'll just leave it to them. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's. That's my list. My list, number one, is center field. Uh, going backwards, it's five, shipping up to Boston, four, Sweet Caroline, Get It Like You Like It by Ben Harper, number three, Pastime by the Baseball Project, two, center field by Fogarty at one. I left out the Eddie Vedder song. You left out was, Tessie. Was, you left out Tessie. I, I, I did leave out, that. Yeah, I did leave out Tessie. That's true. That would have been a good I one. I thought that would go in over shipping up to Boston. Yeah. I, I think of shipping up to Boston because I I, I just picture Papelbon dancing, doing his like yeah. the Irish jig. 
in the field after they won. But Tessie's Does a, that mean Tessie's Dropkick Murphys have two signature Red Sox songs? Well, least? I don't know if shipping up to ball Again, each lister makes their own decisions, right? So I don't know. If, yeah. you were to, if you were to survey Red Sox fans, survey baseball fans, I don't know if shipping up to Boston would be on everyone's list. And also, I think shipping up to Boston is, is – a relatively generic sports Boston sports song. It's also True. used actually yeah. in other cities too. Um, right. and I think Tessie is more of a baseball song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we can get a little. So I think you know we'll get into the final list, but it's fair to say it should be up to Boston. Probably not going to make it. Uh, my the things that didn't make my list. Eddie, the Eddie Vedder Cubs song is a really good song. Just missed my list. Yeah. And then the Steve Goodman Cubs song, which is played after every time that the Cubs win is very good it's kind of cheesy but wait is he the guy who did talking baseball is no, that he... him who did did I steve goodman do talking baseball he did go cubs go which is of course speaking played... of great baseball songs we i had to listen to that a lot talking I... baseball which some people know is willie mickey and the duke right oh, it okay, just okay. didn't make my top five no i i think you're right about steve goodman doing talking baseball i think he did that yeah and the the he did he did go cubs go but since you've mentioned baseball on tv we have to, before getting out of the segment, we have to find some of that Tim McCarver material. Uh, Tim McCarver doing his favorite covers, which I have to find. Yeah, he has an album out. <laughs> Tim McCarver has an it album. sounds awful. Yeah, Tim McCarver has an wild. album out, which we haven't even gotten into, like, baseball song, baseball players actually singing. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, With good reason. Yeah, well, Tim, <laughs> Tim, Tim McCarver... Hey, I gotta find this. I, I can't. I forgot to get this this ready before. It's speaking of which, kinda, I did stumble yeah. across a version of Bernie Williams playing yeah. instrumental. He is no, actually a pretty good guitar player. He played with the Almonds. But he play, But he he has yeah. a recorded version of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" that's not bad. He, he, uh, cool. but he it is instrumental. Yeah, he played with the Almond Brothers. I can't find any of this this Tim McCarver material. It's hidden somewhere in the bowels of the internet, and uh, I can't. Scott, find I remember it. you sent me that clip uh, years ago when he played. He sat in with the Almonds at the Beacon Theater, right? In one of their, you know, the thing what they do every year, their residency there. He played, and he, I thought he, uh, he he did very well. I was impressed. I was like, wow, Bernie Williams can play, and he was always, you know, I'm not a big Yankees fan, but Bernie Williams is always one of the more likable Yankees, I would say. No, no, the Bernie Williams stuff. He's legit. He's legit. His whole he he somehow ends up in the you know who would have thought that a New York Yankee outfielder would end up in the jam band scene? But there you go. I mean, <laughs> other athletes have done it before. I'm like Bill Walton. So yeah, he did That's a right. great job. But yep. there is an album out there uh, right now available on Amazon for 13.06 and free shipping, and it is Tim <laughs> McCarver sings selections from the Great American Songbook. So I just I think <laughs> wow. we should just well wow. just let's just pick I, I don't know let's see if uh, Does he do it uh, with Joe Buck on any of them? He, by any chance? <laughs> he uh, I don't know what uh, this is Time of heaven here at my fingertips but Whoa. Now all is gone <laughs> Wow So much for the optimism of opening day Only 1306 yeah, that only makes 13... me want to hibernate for the winter. Thirteen oh six. Wait, should we? Li we should listen to one more, right? Shouldn't that, that... be in a bargain bin somewhere <laughs> for like ninety nine cents? If they still had bargain bins, Todd, it probably still... would be. True. Yeah, let's. let's I'm gonna. Let's let's listen to one more track here from the Tim McCarver Great American Songbook. No more pain. <laughs> no more strain. Wow. Now I'm sane, but oh. I would rather be. Does it say when this was released, or I'm curious if this is a recent thing, or 
an oldie. This gives new meaning to the term vanity project. That yeah. is just <laughs> incredible. <laughs> this this was released. It was only a few years. I feel like within the last five ten years. Uh, I, I can't. I'm not sure of the release date on this, but yeah, Tim McCarver. Uh, so any listeners out there who have the Tim McCarver sings the Great American Songbook on their top five list, we'd definitely be interested wow. in hearing from you. So let's let's break down the the final five <laughs> now that <laughs> great find there, Scott. Yeah, I gotta say. yeah. Well, Tim we know now. Tim McCarver could yeah. be a guest on the show. So we've yeah. got – I think it's pretty clear that center field is number one. Yes, yes, I think we have a consensus. Okay, center field, number one. I think we got to have Eddie, Eddie Vedder in there somewhere. Eddie Vedder, well, yeah. I mean, Glory Days is number Glory two, days. right? Yeah, so, so let's, can... let's order it. Let's order it. I, I'm not sure about the order yet. Let's order it okay. a, a little later. Let's do – but let's – yeah, Glory Days and Eddie Vedder are on there. So that leaves us with the following – Alabama's cheap seats. John Denver's. Yes. John Denver's. I'm sorry, Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> Harrison's little plug there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Harrison. Oh man. Wow. Um, Alabama. Alabama's cheap seats. John Denver's country boy. Then, which is interesting, the country connection there. Then we. Get I was going to say this is more country than we've ever had on the show. Yeah. I like that we're, we're we're diverse in our. Then we get into the the folk with Dan Burns opening day and Bob Dylan's Catfish. And then yep. we have – I'm going to take shipping up to Boston <laughs> off the list because people – that doesn't – that's not going to register with anybody. But then you have the Ben Harper track, which I, I – well, okay. Then you have the Ben Harper track, Get It Like You Like It, which, again, I'll, I'll, I'll remove it. It's just a verse. You know, it's not all about baseball, but I just wanted to get it on the list. So I'll, I'll remove that one. That's fine. And Pastime by the Baseball Project in Sweet Caroline. So the remaining six, Alabama, John Denver, Dan Byrne, Bob Dylan, Baseball Project – and Sweet Caroline, and I feel like we've got you can group them. So you got two that are played at ballparks, which are going to be, so it's going to be regional. Country Boy, obviously anybody who grew up like us going to Orioles games, and then Sweet yeah. Caroline, anybody who's a Red Sox fan uh, is going. To, that's going to mean something to them. So I that's would, I you would can only take one of those. You can take one of those. I, would, I think. Yeah. I would argue that the the appeal of Sweet Caroline has expanded beyond just. Um, I mean, it's very well connected to Red Sox baseball, but I think you hear that song. I still think about baseball wherever I, you know. Whenever I hear it, and I'm not a Red Sox fan, so I, I would actually vote for Sweet Caroline. Oh, you're going to concede on that? Okay. okay. I as go. much as I love Country Boy, it's a very you know that's a very Baltimore thing. I think it you know it doesn't really. That's true. I you know I I talked about Glory Days and the karaoke connection. I mean Sweet Caroline probably even a bigger karaoke song if possible. Than exactly. Glory Days. You I can't go to a karaoke night and not hear that. I feel like. So that that was on my list. So I support not Sweet that I Caroline. That many karaoke so we nights. Got, we have one one <laughs> we have one slot left. One slot left. It's either cheap seats. Cheap, <laughs> cheap seats. I like one of my folk songs, but you know, I, I don't know. I can um, I, I, I give you yeah, Dan Byrne. Dan no, Byrne. I don't. Opening day. Can you play? Can you cue that up by any chance? I it's can't, a great. Yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have heard it. That's why the. Yeah, it's. It, I I couldn't find um Dan Byrne opening day for those. Oh really? It's yeah. on Spotify, but. Oh, it was. I I, yeah, uh, I wasn't able to. It's on my playlist. Uh, if you want to go to Twisted Lister number seven playlist, <laughs> you will find thirty plus songs of great baseball music. If you want to get in the mood for baseball, listen to that playlist. I'm okay. just saying for the fans out there. I wasn't able to uh, to find the track, but let me yeah let me let me cue oh, right. it up here. No, you know while the, it while was actually hard to choose. I only wanted to include one Dan Burns song, but um, it was a little hard to narrow it down. But I thought that song kind of sums it up best, especially because. You know, because we're approaching opening day and we're, you know, Dad, spring I, training. Yeah, I, I'm you sorry. Can't find I, it. That's okay. No, no, That's I right. feel. I, I thought that that might help me get some votes. But. I, I can't. Um, 
Yeah, it's weird. I can't find this this track. Now the, and, the show, meanwhile, is is struggling here as we try to well, find. Catfish. I'm going back to Catfish. Yeah. I like that one. I guess I liked a little more. I can vote for Catfish. I like Catfish. I thought that it, it, it's really cool to hear a, a legend like Bob Dylan. I mean, are you pro- I think the greatest songwriter probably of all time. Uh, talking about baseball and free agency, I never would have. I, I never. I'll give it to you. I put that on the list is, for sure. Oh, is opening day on double header, Todd? It is. Yeah, it's on double header. Yeah, it is. Huh? Pretty sure. I, it's yeah. uh, yeah. I can't find it anyway. Uh, so, so we got Dan Burn. So we're we gonna put Sweet Caroline at number four. Is is that what I'm hearing? Or are we not deciding order yet? Not yet. Not yet. Sweet. Not yet. I'm okay. Sweet. Okay. Why don't you let's let's do. Do you want to put, you, can you find catfish let's, there? Let me catfish. Let, I, I've got. I can find catfish. Let me. Let me do some. And I know digging. Vicky will agree with let me do, because let me of do some the dig- MTV show. Give, yeah, that's great. <laughs> let me do some digging in the bargain bins here while you guys talk among for that Dan Burn <laughs> album. While you guys See the bargain bin. It's yeah, not totally I'm, dead. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. Some, I'm gonna head out to well, tower. I mean, let me head out to Tower Records and try to find this damn bird. Let's leave that five slot open and now and figure out the one through four. Figure out the one through four spots. Or the bearded lady. When I get well, when I get back from 1998, we'll continue with with this discussion. Go ahead. Yeah. So there was a bearded lady who worked at Tower Records in Rockville in the late 90s. I don't know. I remember that. It was legendary. Yeah. Showed me what the possibilities of facial hair were at a young, impressionable age. <laughs> so, so are we? So uh, recap one through one through four. What's... One through four. So I think, and this is just my impression, is maybe we got Sweet Caroline in the number four slot. Uh, maybe, and then Harrison, you seemed okay with Eddie better in the three slot. Yeah, yeah. Here's here, here's Dan Burns opening day. And Glory Day is possibly number two slot. Yeah. All right, so I think that's close. my that's my that's I think my it's list. maybe between opening day and Cat. All right, well let's know, let's but... listen to opening day. Let's see what we think. Young ponies at play And everyone could be MVP On opening day Oh, that is good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's got that old-timey swing to it, which is, you know, goes so well with, you know, classic baseball. No one's made an error, ERAs are pristine Yeah, I gotta get my vote to this because it's far less cynical than Catfish is. It's so, uh... Yeah, this is a great what? song. This it is. is. Bob Dylan's song is cynical, whereas the Dan Burns song is hopeful and optimistic. But I'm gonna. Uh, this is a this is a great song. But also, I want to correct a few things that we've said on the show. Dan Burns' opening yeah. day is actually being is it released. Not on it, it was. It, yeah, it was released a year ago. I think. We, it, I think Doubleheader is older than that, right? I thought it was Doubleheader was from 2012. That's at least what Spotify listed. It okay. may be older. Yeah, this is. So this track came out exactly a year ago, 2013, March 2013. Okay. Yeah. And for those who want it, you can get it on Bandcamp, danburn.bandcamp.com. It's a great song. The horn section, it it seems kind of timeless to me. I like that because it feels like it could have been made in, like, you know, 1950 or 2013. Yeah, and the the lyrics are great. Oh, it's it's great. Okay, so we've got... He has a song, actually. Yeah, go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, there's one other song which I found pretty funny, which is on the Spotify playlist, but it's called The Year-by-Year Home Run Totals of Barry Bonds, and it's hilarious. <laughs> he goes by, it's like a two-minute song, and just twice, the chorus is just going through every year of Barry Bonds' career and giving you the home run totals. It's hilarious. <laughs> and I was like nice. listening to it, and I was like, oh, really? Wow, that's the trajectory. Interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I found it, you know, again, for baseball and music nerds alike, 
it's really a great synergy. So. Yeah, this is the Barry Bonds track. I feel like we should have Dan Bird as a guest now on the show. We should. <laughs> This is the year by year home run totals of the great Barry Bonds. This is the year by year home run totals of the great Barry Bonds. He won the MVP in 1990, 1992, and it's a it's a it's great, a great one. that is a good song that is a good <laughs> i had song. to mention it honorable mention there uh that's a good one so so our top five are we right we finalized the uh the top I think five we're finalized. all I right think, i think we yeah. got opening day snuck in at number five okay opening day at number five by dan Byrne. opening day by dan Byrne at number five this is the definitive list. The top five baseball songs of all time. Number five, Opening Day by Dan Bird. Number four, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Number three, uh, I didn't listen to you guys talking. All the way. All the way. All the way, Eddie. yeah. Eddie Vedder, by, oh, Eddie, Eddie Vedder all the way. And then number two is Glory Days by Springsteen. So anybody who has an issue with the speedball versus the fastball, come talk to us. And number That's one, right. a unanimous number one, another unanimous number one on the show. It happens about every – I'd say it happens like every three shows every or so. We've had it. Yeah, yeah we've had every, it. Every third field. show, Center Field by John Fogarty, which I don't think is a surprise to anybody. So – uh, email us. Let us know your thoughts, or or don't. It's fine. We're gonna keep doing the show <laughs> either, either way because we have fun. So that's the, the the final five. Opening day by Dan Byrne. Uh, Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. Eddie Vedder all the way. Glory days by Springsteen and Centerfield by Fogarty. Let us know if we left anything out. Time to get into the news of the week, sponsored by. I'd say that's strong to quite strong. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good. <laughs> that's a good list. And news of the week, uh, which d- doesn't have a sponsor yet, but if you're interested in sponsoring, you can of course contact any that's one right. of us. And I'm uh, hoping Doritos might sponsor us because they sponsor Lady Gaga's uh, art puke it's, experiment. It's a great. <laughs> it's a great segue into <laughs> the fact. Which I think is awesome yeah. that Doritos sponsored it because you know you don't really want your food product to be associated with puke. I would say. That's well. A- <laughs> I mean, it provides for the best color. Coloration, you know, you can get the uh, true the, the, and texture. I'm sure. Yeah, the lead the lead story, of course, in the news item this week, which makes perfect uh, is a perfect segue from the sponsorship angle, is South by Southwest and the discussion. I think it's a whole another show. The discussion of whether South by Southwest has jumped the shark. Todd going to South by Southwest for the first yes. time, so wanted to get. And I was not there for the first time in four years. Uh, Todd wanted to get your take on on the South by experience. Yes, yeah, so we have continuous twisted blister coverage, which is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, this was my first South by Southwest experience. I do highly recommend it to anyone if they haven't been. I mean, Austin's a great city, so go anytime. But if you can go South by Southwest, um, it's wild. You see people, you see all kinds of freaks and hipsters and cowboys, and it's just weird. A lot of weirdness there, but it's a beautiful thing. And uh, yeah, getting there Friday, it was just funny. My first impression, it was like early afternoon Friday, walking around 6th Street, and uh, I hear, and I and I told Scott this because I thought it was great, but I heard Afghan wigs, and I was like, oh, someone's playing Afghan wigs song kind of loud. And then I was like, wait a minute, that is the Afghan wigs. And that's the beauty. That sums up South by Southwest pretty nicely to me because they were playing on a rooftop that I was walking hmm. by. Now, of course, what also sums up South by Southwest is that I could not get into said afternoon show. <laughs> of course. Of course. No way, because I had no badge or wristband yeah. or special VIP access. 
but I could still hear them from 6th Street. Yeah, so, well, you could have traveled back to 1994 and then gone to the Afghan Week show. That's it probably true. would have been a and, better and show. And I saw, I saw them at the HF Festival in 1994. Yeah. So, you know, probably a better time to see them, but they sounded good. So, anyway, some of my highlights, other than just that, I'd say the scene itself is just is worth it. Um, and, and as Scott had prepared me for this, but you don't go to South by Southwest expecting to see, like, some major artists and huge bands, and that's not why I went. You kind of just want to see the, I don't know, the, like, divey places, and that's kind of what I covered. So, no, I didn't see um, Coldplay or Pitbull or Stonegarden. <laughs> you're, um, not, you're not important enough to go to any of them. No, I'm not, clearly, yeah. You don't own a, a Galaxy 4 or whatever it takes. <laughs> that's that's the, true, uh, yeah. Kanye so when, when the Lister, when we get next year, when we have our own booth set up, you know, and we're, as Scott said, we're hosting with special guests like Rhett Miller yeah. on six. Then we'll have different access. You know, Pandora right. wouldn't let me into their their booth or whatever, their special stage. But uh, but anyways, some of the my highlights again. These will be fairly unknown because they were unknown to me before. But I saw a great band actually from if Pandora. The, the true Pandora experience at South by, based on the product that is Pandora, based on that, everybody should have their own stage programmed by an algorithm. So you're actually your stage should be different <laughs> than Harrison's stage and different than my stage and different than the. 40,000 people. The whole concept That's of true. Pandora is programming for one, right? So how could they say that everybody wants to go watch Todd and the Shit Cans play at 4 o'clock on Thursday <laughs> afternoon when in reality uh, you know, th there's an algorithm that says this is your stage. That's what they need to do. That's Pandora true. needs to program half a million different stages, I think, next and year. I didn't, see, I didn't see where Beats was set up, but Trent Reznor should have had like 8 million stages for every different activity you've <laughs> been doing. You know? For... For when you're riding a unicycle with a cowboy hat naked down 6th Street, you should have your own stage, right? You know, that's what I thought. Oh, this is and great. I did see that. So and you, you, see, you did see that. Okay, I was going to know. I think we're on to something here. Definitely the future of concert promotion is the personalized show. I think that's yes. a great. That is that is true. Don't go to a show with all of your friends. This show will be just for you and just during right. the activity that you want to do. It's yeah. kind of like Demolition Man when you have the virtual reality headset yeah. thing yeah. and you eat your Taco Bell and you just sit in your bedroom, but you go to your own concert and Trent Reznor's curating it. That's how I see it. And if you're lucky, Sandra Bullock's sitting across from you. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That worked. And that was, and of course, Demolition Man sponsored by Taco Bell. I, I, you right. guys remember that? That was a big tie-in. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we get Taco Bell. Yeah. Maybe hey, Frito Lay. Call us. I still like Doritos. I didn't. I wasn't bad mouthing you. So. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, so so some some specific highlights. This uh, a really good one of the first bands I saw there was a, a band from San Francisco that I was not familiar with called the Soft White Sixties. Um, great rock band. They had a cool kind of soul influence, um, a little bit of like dead influence, which is probably not that unusual given they're from the Bay Area. But they they had a great sound. Um, really enjoyed them. Saw them in like a backyard of a bar, which you know, which sounds funny to most people, but if you're in Austin, I love how most of the bars have a a stage set up inside and then a stage out back where people it's basically like a backyard or a patio and they're just selling cans of beer so one more reason i love austin and obviously you can't do that in most cities because the weather doesn't allow for it but austin it does anyway soft weight 60s definitely worth checking out another uh older band i saw was called the cynics which is a uh, pittsburgh garage band um and we became friends with the singer michael and uh we talked about the old 930 Club. It was pretty cool. I talked to him, and he was like, oh, man. He's like, you know the old 930 Club? He's like, I just remember the rats. They were huge. He's <laughs> like, we'd be loading about. in, and I'd be like, man, can you help me out with this? The rats. And I was like, that's awesome. Great story. But 
anyways, I'd never heard of the Cynics, but they put on a hell of a show, and the guy, that guy had some great stage presence, I will say. Um, so those were a couple of acts that I saw, you know, as I say, there were over 2,200 acts, I think, in Austin for the week, which is insane, um, but that's just a small sampling. But yeah, the scene itself is incredible, and I definitely recommend it. I, I, Austin is such a great city. So, so yeah, so you you do recommend it. Obviously, you've done it one time. You're not down on it yet. Yes. I think I went into it. <laughs> no, I'm I was not a jaded. little I was a little jaded this year. I didn't go this year. Uh, a little jaded. Still, a lot of great music news that comes out of it. I want to get into that. I, but you know, I, I just kind of want to get the negative stuff out of the way. I, I do think that it has become too big for its own good. I think the sponsorship stuff, Todd, as you alluded to, you know, it's really hard to get into things now. And you know, you're right. It's fine to, to come. You know, once once you know you you've been there once, obviously, but um, mm-hmm. to to say you're going to spend you know three four days there, five days, and the, with the difficulty of getting into stuff and just I don't know the atmosphere. It's just very strange with all the sponsorship stuff driving it. And not not that I have a problem with sponsorship. I'm all for capitalism and, and I'm all for that. Um, but it's gotten so big. The, the big companies now rule it. And you can't, if you're a smaller company, you really can't compete. As as Harrison, as you mentioned, with Samsung and the likes of Beats and, the, you know, these these massive companies. And it, I think what has to happen with South by is I think it has to really admit to what it is. And it is no longer a conference. It is no longer necessarily about discovering music tied. You found some great acts, which is cool. And I think you do that at any, any festival, but they need to, no, but it needs to, they need to honestly say we are a pop culture festival and a damn cool one at that, man. The event is awesome, but they have to, they have to admit that that's what we are and really shift. I, I think stop trying to be a conference. Saying that, actually, I, I uh, went and saw The Pains of Being Pure at Heart last week and got to talk to Kit Berman, uh, who's the, the, the singer-songwriter for the group. He's also my future cousin-in-law. And he was – they had just started their tour on their way to South by Southwest. And uh, he has a new album coming out in a month, and he was playing, I think, six shows over the course of two and a half days while he was at South by Southwest. And he was saying that for him, it is like, that is his one time. And I guess last year he played nine shows in three days. And it's just for him, it's his chance to go and like meet booking agents, meet, you know, people who are putting together, you know, tours and all all sorts of other things. He actually is a conference for him. It's where he can set his year schedule basically just by. um, But it's so, but my, my, my argument, it's so expensive. I mean, it's, it's too expensive from a business standpoint. To, you know, and I've gone from a business standpoint, and I don't know what the economics are for, as a musician. You know, I, 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 yeah. I you know, but, but it's got to be just as difficult as what I do. I, yeah. I, the, the, it's way too expensive. It is, I mean, how many gigs is he going to get out of that, as opposed to if he had played a week in different markets? You know, and actually mm-hmm. making money, and then inviting people out. You know, inviting booking professionals in each of those markets, which they wouldn't be there because they'd be at South by. That's the problem. But exactly. you know, it's kind of a give and take. I mean, that's the issue. Is it's just becoming way too expensive from a business standpoint. I think. Well, yeah. I got I got the sense that there were like when I was there, and it was cool because I, I did have a very different experience from Scott because he was there for business, and I was there just for fun, and we we stayed with some locals, and so it was a little different, but. And I got to meet a lot of locals too, which was fun. But I got the sense that there's like two South by Southwest festivals happening mm-hmm. at the same time. There is that the insider perspective, people who are going to like the conference, people who have badges, people seeing the big acts and like the corporate stuff. So it has become very corporate. But then I think there's the smaller aspect, the indie aspect, which I think is much, I don't know, to me, it's more interesting. Yeah. It's, it's 
Yeah. It's probably more pervasive. I mean, it's more accessible, certainly. Yeah. But um, and so that was more my experience, I guess, because I didn't get to see some of the bigger acts, which I was fine with. But I got that sense that people in Austin they love the older South by, which is that what I'm talking about. Yeah. Which is all the hundreds of places you can see live but, music. But, and... but the problem is, as a so music... that's what I embraced. But, but you're right. The... the corporate aspect has become more and more. Pervasive. The issue with that is, Todd. The issue with that is, as a music fan. If some of the greatest acts in music, Lady Gaga, Jay-Z, Kanye, and so on and so forth, are playing, you want to be there. So I don't buy a lot of the bullshit from people who say, hey, I go there and I ignore that. Like, there's a crit- I read some of the critics said, hey, I-, I didn't even, you know, I didn't go see Lady Gaga. I didn't go see Jay-Z and Kanye because I wanted to spend my time going to see a band like the Cynics, you know, which is great. But I think it needs to be a mix because what sucks is that music fans, who are the biggest fans of music who are there, even industry folks, can't get in to... The, to see this quote unquote headliners, right? Which is You're right. You know, but you I don't should, know how you, you I'm not sure how you off. solve that. Yeah. I don't know how you rectify that. Oh, really. you um, you don't you know what? You don't stoop so low. South by Southwest is stoop so low. You don't announce a show by uh, you don't announce a Samsung Kanye show three days before because that's when the de- the sponsorship deal was finalized, right? You don't yeah. allow that kind of stuff. That's it's they just want to take as much money as they can. Which again, I'm not an opponent of that, <laughs> but I, but at some point the greed needs to stop, and you got to say, you know what? But, this is our plan. Samsung, come back next year. Unfortunately, this is the classic trajectory of like any sort of small <laughs> yeah, right. independent conference. This is yes. how they all go. It just right. makes- Something Look at Comic Con. Comic Con's going through the same thing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Comic Con is there's there are no comics at Comic Con anymore. It's just right. about it's movies. The, you're right. It's, it's, it's this grassroots phenomenon. It's yeah. true. It's the studio. No, well, it's the, yeah, we'll it's the studios. About, yeah, studios and TV networks now with big money that run. Comic-Con. In a decade, we'll talk about how Des Moines City Limits is sold out. All right, we'll move on. I, I did want to, you know, I didn't know if you guys had any highlights. I think the Lady Gaga vomit thing we discussed it. We we can move uh, on. I just wanted to give a Damon Alburn set yeah, was amazing. I, yeah, I, I did. Oh, really? I did want to give a shout out though before we move on from Gaga to the resurrection of John Norris. He 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 interviewed her during the keynote, and I want <laughs> oh I, I want to take some responsibility because we mentioned John Norris on our show several weeks ago. We did. I don't think anybody knew that he was alive prior to that mention. And uh, oh my god, he, do you see his Justin Bieber haircut? <laughs> He is trying so hard to stay relevant. It's amazing. He is. He, he is. And he left Kurt and Tabitha at home. Uh, he just came out by himself. But anyway, that's an hour-long speech. If anybody's not doing anything at work this week, you can watch it. I had it. one more note about yeah. Austin just kind of as a – kind of trying to keep up with the size of the event. But uh, I another thing I found out when I was there is that Austin is in the – they're in major development phase right now. The city's growing, I think, pretty significantly. But they are building, I heard, at least – five or six new hotels, big hotels, and a few of them are luxury hotels. So it's interesting to see how they're trying to keep pace, um, you know, with not just South by Southwest, but just the development of the city because they're, I think it is a fast growing city and a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are flocking to it. But anyway, yeah. I thought that was, it's it's always interesting to see a city that's growing like Austin is, you know, it's kind of the polar opposite of Detroit. You know, a city right. that's been shrinking. So well, well, I find that interesting. Well, Austin, you know, outside outside of the Bay Area, uh, Austin is either second or third when it comes to tech. I mean, there's no doubt about yeah. it, obviously. Yeah. You know, you, Boston has a very big scene as well. But I, I think Austin is probably number two. And, and that, you know, that tells you why that's taking place there. 
So, yeah. You know, I, anyway. And, and, yeah, as, as far as highlights, Harrison, that, that Damon Albarn set with Snoop was uh, – it was interesting. Clint Eastwood was amazing. Yeah, and I, yeah. We'll, we'll play a clip of that. You know, it was interesting because basically Damon Albarn admitted what I've said, I think, on a few shows is that – Everyday Robots is really boring. And he, like, thanked the crowd. He admits it? Yeah, he, he, he thanked the crowd. It was weird. I read one review. I haven't seen the clip of this. But, like, I read one review where he basically says, like, thanks for sitting through all this. Now I'm going to play you a Gorillaz song, basically. The stuff you actually so, want to nice. hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but he did. Yeah, he brought out Snoop. It was pretty cool at the Fader Fort. Yeah. I'm a gangster. But y'all knew that. The big boss dog. I had to do that. I keep a blue flag hanging up my backside, but only on the left side. Yeah, that's the grip side. There ain't no other way to play the game the way I play. I cut so much, you thought I was a DJ. Two, you beat, you beat, one, yeah, three. I'm SN, double O, P, D, O, double G. I can't make it, just break it, see, boy, I take it, see, I specialize. That's pretty, that's pretty sweet. All Snoop needs is a beat, man. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's all I need. He's still got it. I was thinking about it yesterday, because... It's been over 20 years since his solo. I think 20 years since his solo album came out. And yep. Yeah. He can still do it. Imagine being, I mean, this must have been an awesome moment to be there for this. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. I don't know. This made me think, you know, I was just thinking about it. Damon Byrne is kind of taking on, or Damon Albert, what am I saying? Is taking on this Dan Byrne type quality now, mm. like just kind of surrounding himself. Yeah, or uh, David Burns. You mean David Burns? <laughs> <laughs> so there's so get, many Burns. David Alburn Al- <laughs> is like one's. Well, one is David one's. One, one's just a Jewish guy from New York. One is a British guy, <laughs> and then one lives on another planet. So we know that yeah. the three. Uh, yeah, obviously Dan Burn being the Jewish guy from New York, Damon Alburn yeah, being so. the British one, and then David Burn, who is definitely from <laughs> another so planet. What I'm trying to say is yeah. David Burn. Damon Alburn is like is coming, becoming more like David Burn, and just being able to surround himself with <laughs> yeah. musicality in a way, you know. And just, yeah. He's a, I felt like in, in that show, especially with that that uh, Clint Eastwood, he's just kind of in the middle of a whirlwind, you know. He just happened to be there, and they're yeah. playing his song, but you know, it was everyone else was doing the work, and I think. Yeah. Gorillaz has kind of always had that feeling to me too. It's, it's more about who he surrounds himself with necessarily than just what he's doing. So, I, Which, and I appreciate that as an artist. That's important. You know, being a conductor as much as being a, a musician yourself. So. Yeah. Ties in nicely to our side projects episode. Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah, Gorillaz, another Gorillaz the number out. one choice. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard that episode. Go back. Binge right. listen, go back. Uh, side projects yeah. was was our last episode. And another burn esque figure would be Wayne Coyne and his Miley Cyrus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Nice yeah. Segue. Moving on from Thanks. South by other news of the week. Wayne Coyne. Uh, yeah. Is that is that accurate to to call him uh, David? <laughs> Burn he's Burns. He's Burns esque. I mean, okay. he wears a suit to every show, so it's true. Who's that? Oh, I, I'm going to segue from that. I'm going to segue from that as we try to wrap it up as quick <laughs> as possible uh, to another guy who wears a suit every show, Billy Joel, who's all over the place, bringing Brian Johnson on stage yes. at Madison Square Garden, and then showing up on Fallon. If you haven't watched the clip, singing with Fallon this week, which was was really good, using the school. That was funny. Yeah, using well, a cool then. iPad app that allows you to loop loop sounds and and create a and they they use it to create basically a duop group among themselves and I thought that was really cool so uh Billy Joel everywhere this week and then uh last news item I had and and we kind of we talked a lot about festivals so not we don't need to talk too much on it but the cancellation of the second week in a Sasquatch pretty 
uh, surprising in a way, uh, maybe not surprising. I, I, I mean, I, I, think, think it's, you know, I think it's a bad reach. Yeah, bad reach. Yeah, bad uh, I, I was surprised when they said they were doing two weekends initially, and I saw the lineups, and I was like, I don't know if that's all. It seems just totally disjointed. I mean, one had nothing to do with the other. They're two months apart. Like, I mean, I don't know. It was, I think yeah. it was just they got greedy and it didn't pan out. So. Yeah, and, and as Scott and I were we were talking about that, it's Seattle. I don't know that it's a big enough market to support two big festivals like that. No. When you already have, I mean, they already have a what's it called? They have Bumbershoot. Bumbershoot, right? which yeah. is so, going to be two months after that. So you're you're yeah, yeah. triple booking everybody. And, and, right. and it wasn't as it what they should. And it wasn't as if there was any niche for you know. They, not, it's not like one was an EDM or one was a country or you know what I mean. They were all basically yeah. indie for the most part, indie or alternative rock. It, it was just yeah, way way too much of the same for that market. Yeah, but I think it's interesting because I've talked a little about where do we reach the saturation point for festivals, and mm-hmm. at least for that market, they've probably found where that point is. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think we've reached that as a whole, you know, nationally. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought you're, I thought you were gonna go say where, where do we reach the saturation point for an audience for the show, and I think we've probably reached it, but um, <laughs> that's that's okay. Oh. We'll, 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 no, 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 we'll no. keep going. No, no, but it's just, sky's it's just the a, limit. Yeah, sky's the limit. That's right. We're worldwide. Uh, so, what are you guys? What are you guys listening to this week? Anything good? Any recommendations out there? Harrison, uh, I listen to Supermodel Foster Foster the People. Uh, their new album, really good. I'm gonna uh, disagree. I'm gonna disagree with you. Really? On that. I yeah. listen to it too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of in the middle. I, yeah. I was lukewarm on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, all right. But you no, know, you're eight. No, 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 no. Back it off. <laughs> I had, I was, I was opening. You know, I was gonna damn with faint praise. I was gonna say really good, but you know, I think that they're. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It was. It seemed like they were trying to chase Arcade Fire. I, for me, that's just what it sounded like. It wasn't like a really um, dynamic album. And you know, as far as I'm supposed to, supposed to, supposing to be the hottest album that's coming out right now, it really didn't live up to the hype. Singles um, are the singles are great. Coming of Age is a great song. I agree. Coming of Age, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And then I I turned on you know the album. That first track completely turned the, me the off. The first song is. Oh, you didn't like that. No, one. but you liked. Yeah. It. You guys liked. What is it? it? What are we going? Where are we going? What it was called or something? Yeah. What are we going for? Yeah. Know. So, well, Harrison, that, no, that's 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 it's okay. And also, <laughs> I, I listened to it so you wouldn't have to. Uh, Recess by Skrillex. Oh yes, the hottest thing out there right now. The hottest thing out there right now. It's it's different, you know. Now that has that chance yeah, the rapper of... song on it, right? Is that yeah, yeah. Oh, and... that song's yeah. That's a spring break anthem, man. That's no, no, got to be Scott. Scott, yeah. I do have to remind you. The first time we ever talked about Skrillex, you said to me, "This just sounds like noise to me," and I had to remind you how that made you just an old old man <laughs> to say that about music. Uh... <laughs> I didn't say that. Did Interesting. I? You did. You totally did. <laughs> Whatever. Todd was there. Todd was there. It was. I was I was angry that at dubstep. Familiar. I was angry yeah. at dubstep. That's fine. I don't like you know what? And I'm gonna stand by it. I don't like that out al- that the stuff I've heard off that album. Um, yeah. I think Bangarang is a great song. Beyond that I haven't that is gotten a great into Skrillex. Song. Yeah. So. No, it's a very Harrison, what's your take on the album? Yeah. It's 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 more it's 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 less dubstep, more like Jamaican dancehall influence. It's a weird mix. Uh and he's you know, for what it's worth, he could have I mean, he really could have shit anything out and people would have bought right. it, you know, and, and listened to it. And I think he actually did put a little bit of effort in on the and, you know, yeah, expanding his horizons from the uh the earlier stuff. So do you it's, like it's the decent. Do you like the chance the rapper song? I, to me it feels like it's, got, to, it's got spring break written all over it. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to listen to it a few yeah. more times to have a real opinion on yeah. it. But uh, yeah. I mean, the album the album holds up if you're just you know looking for something to run to. So 
That's yeah. good. All right. Good. Interesting. Good or or pop Molly and show up at a frat party. It's one or the other. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Either way, either way, you're good. Todd, what do you got, man? What, what's, um, what's, what I've been listening, listening to the new Ray LaMontagne uh, mm-hmm. single called Supernova. Yeah, great, great song. Good song. I really like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. His uh. He he's even said like his last album I thought was really good, but he he said he like wanted to. <laughs> he was so depressed making that music that uh, he wanted to do something a little more up tempo, and so. I think that uh, I think this if this is a sign of what's going to be on the album, which hasn't been released yet, uh, it's, I believe it's called Supernova. The album's just a title track, but yeah, it's really good. So I'm excited to hear his new stuff, and also Old 97s have a new album coming out, which I'm very excited about, and, and uh, I like what I've heard off that as well. So they're the, both they'll both be touring actually this summer. Yeah, I, I like the new Old 97 stuff that I've heard. And on the, uh, I just forgot what the 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 uh, the, the Ray Lamontagne. Yeah, the Ray Lamontagne. Supernova is interesting. I think it's on. It's the edge of cheesiness. I think it's it's a good song, and it but it scares me because it's like just at the edge, right? Where this could go either way. Where he could start to go into that John Mayer, Cheryl Crow territory, um, or, yeah, or I, he could he could keep it there, and that's probably fine. Does that make sense? Do you, yeah, do you, I could see you know? that. I mean, yeah. it's definitely poppier. You know, yeah. one of his poppier songs. Right. I like it. I yeah. mean, he's done some stuff in the past, like. Um, it's on the edge. It a, it's a good song, but like, I, I just you know, yeah, like you it, are the best thing. That was pretty popular. It's a great song. Section. Yeah, it's a yeah, great song. Yeah. But like that was on that edge too, you could say. But uh, but okay. Ray's always been able to get away with it. Maybe he, you know, maybe he'll go too far. I don't know. Right towards the pop side, but I think you know the strength of his voice well, has always been his. You know, that's that's been well, kind of his yeah his trademark. That's true, and, and what he's written on. Well, there's a lot. I think the the analogy is Amos Lee, right? I mean, Amos Lee has never, whether it's good or bad for Amos Lee, he'd probably disagree and say, "I wish I had gotten a little bit bigger." But you know, I feel like <laughs> he's kind of kept it, you know, where it's not. It hasn't gotten too too cheesy. And, and oh, you don't you think know? so? See, I, I think Amos Lee's a little too okay. Cheesy, like yeah. too, not cheesy, but just like too. There's not. There's not enough of an edge to it. That's uh-huh. my feeling, Amosley. It's a little too, <laughs> it's like milk, milk toast. I guess I hate. I don't like that term, but it applies sometimes to Coldplay or Amos Lee. It might be time to wrap up the show when we're talking about singer-songwriters. With when we're discussing who has a bigger edge, Amos Lee or Ray LaMontagne. Yeah, we're really we hit the wall. Oh, yeah, folks. yeah, we are. We are grappling for God's sake. Yeah, can we, can we yeah. this week in baseball? You know, when well, we do go out. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of and course. I'd like to thank the one listener on the train who fell asleep and is still listening. <laughs> <to the podcast. laughs> hey, my my pick for the week: new Chromium stuff came out it's a uh, the, okay. the first track is called jealous the album is white women which is coming out in may and at chromeo it's it's i really like chromeo stuff it, it's obviously dancey slash indie slash whatever you want to call it but if you haven't checked out chromeo check it out and the new song is is really really catchy so uh those are those are my picks and and you know we that's that's kind of it so uh, good show, and we will do it again until somebody tells us to stop, I guess, right? And, of course, <laughs> the talking baseball music to get us yes. out of here. Recapping for the listeners some things that you may want to check out based on the show today. Check out Dan Byrne, Pains of Being Pure at Heart, Cynics, Soft White 60s, New Chromeo, New Foster the People, uh, New Ray LaMontagne, and maybe... Maybe the new Skrillex, too, if you're into it. So check it out. 